Welcome everyone to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 110. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at BJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, John, I'm just relieved that you finally figured out how to say episode numbers past 100 in a consistent manner. Yeah, well, you know, it took uh, five or ten episodes for me to figure that out. Yeah, these things take time. We are both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at NerdJourney. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. All right, Nick. Hey, uh, we're back for the second half of our conversation with our first returning guest, Mike Burkhart. Um, Last week, we kind of broached the sensitive topic with him, uh, dealing with personal loss. Um, If you haven't listened to that episode, we'll put in a link to episode 109. And uh, I think it's, you know, worth listening to before we get to the second half. Um, It really kind of was interesting how we transitioned from, you know, again, this discussion of how to maybe support somebody who's going through personal loss. And I thought it was really interesting how he found some uh, professional support, uh, how he kind of stumbled into that. I don't want to ruin that. So I'll leave out the details. Right. The only thing I would add there, John, is I think that listeners will see some examples of what good looks like and what maybe not so good looks like through Mike's eyes. And it's we don't always know that when we're offering up support for someone. I, I do like what Mike said about it's not about me or how awkward I feel. It's about the other person. So you're doing something for someone else that you have to put off these awkward feelings around social faux pas like talking about death and loss. Yeah, absolutely. Makes a lot of sense, you know, talking about those um, kind of like, you know, social no-nos, like we're kind of, um, it's a something that we're apparently not supposed to talk about in society, or, you know, maybe it's just superstition or whatever, but, you know, I think uh, breaking that taboo is, you know, pretty important. Um, And uh, I think, you know, this is a good first stop, just listening to somebody else's experience. So with that in mind, uh, the second half of our conversation with Mike Burkhart, uh, part uh, two, like I said, episode 110 with Mike Burkhart. Do you get to a point in the process, Mike, where you want people to stop walking on eggshells around you and just treat you normal? Like, did that ever get on your nerves? Obviously, you want people to be empathetic and and whatnot, but... So, I, you know, you, you teed me up perfectly because what, what John just said about the, the, the delicacy of, of emotion and, and for you, the... the are you ever tired of people kind of treating you differently? Right. Cause that's in, in truth, like people don't know how to respond to that and that's fair. That's, that's fine. Right. Um, to be honest, it, it requires a, a certain amount of bravery on both parts. Um, you need to be as a person who's grieving, you need to be courageous enough to address your own situation and emotions. Um, you need to go there. Uh, you may not, you may not need to go there with other people all the time. Right. You may need a person who is a grief counselor like I have. You may need a, a trauma therapist. Um, you may need just a close friend or you may need a, a you know, a group that meets over Zoom um, or some other future timeline where they meet in person, of course. But um, but but you have to go there. You have you just you got to work it. You got to work at it because you're worth it. And you're a whole person with this event, with, with these feelings, you know? And, um, so, so you have to be courageous. You have to be brave. Um, 
not that I'm calling myself those words. It just, it felt at times like it was work and it was right. It, it felt like I had to just, you know, okay, I've got to do this on the, on the side of the person who's helping the bereaved and, and helping the grieving. Um, you also have to be courageous. You also have to be brave because if you really, and again, this is all in my mind about, you know, tapping into your human experience. Um, with all of our you know waspy western sort of uh, emotions are so tedious like that's nuts just forget about that really if you want to be a decent human being to people who are hurting then you have to be brave enough to say it's not about me it's not about how awkward i feel it's about how much i want to be there for you and it is about serving you as a person um and if and if you were really going down that road if you really want to you know approach this and it, if it's a person you know that you can get there with uh you know really beautiful moments can happen and yeah there's a lot of crying involved and yeah there's you know like of course you're gonna go through 17 million boxes of kleenex and you'll hear some awkward things said and and you may say some wrong things too but there's so much forgiveness right there's there's so much forgiveness in that moment because you're there because you really reached that person and, and you're reaching out and you're saying please somebody help somehow and they're saying i want to do that for you you know and if you're courageous enough to do that if you really reach down inside yourself and that's what you want for them because you love them that you know map it to you know hey here, just like John said, here are some things I can do for you. I can listen. I can sit in silence with you. We can sit. You know what? Here, interesting story. I, I'm totally derailing myself, but why not? Um, when when I was in the hospital, so my my son was stillborn at home. We were having a home birth, which are not dangerous at all. Um, it's just dumb luck that this happened, right? One out of 160, mind you. So. Um, we had to call an ambulance called 911 and uh he was rushed off to the hospital and when after he was declared deceased and um you know the the doctors and the team had left the room a uh I'm trying to remember it was a priest or a deacon it was a, a religious minister that walked into the room and um he was there with a kind of an assistant and both of them were like we're so sorry for your loss and uh, we don't know if, if you're religious or not or if you pray but we're here to pray with you if you'd like or and I was like to be honest I'm not religious but I I, I do sit in silence and I, I do respect the moment and I, I want to respect my you know my son's passing and so if you'd like to do that with me I, I would greatly accept it and and it was wild because it was the first experience there there they were the first two people to say we're here for you if you need it and i'm like i absolutely do <laughs> like are you kidding me i need all the help um and interestingly enough i still remember i i talked to my grief counselor about this last week uh and thank god she helped me look at things in a different light there was a nurse in the emergency room that stuck around and you know was was trying to comfort me and you know in my time of need and i resented her for it for months i just absolutely hated her for it and um didn't know her don't know the person at all um but i i had felt in the moment that she was disingenuous i you know her bedside manner was a bit awkward and that's fine um you know she's used to dealing with people who are older dying uh, if at all, because her job is to make sure they don't uh, or or try to prevent that anyway, because making sure it's impossible to have certainty. But she did her job. She did her job well. And she stuck around after to, you know, to rub my shoulders and rub my back. And she just kind of was very like trying to get there with me. But it wasn't what I needed, um, which is really interesting because, you know, like I said before, my love language is touch like my major one. And this person touching me, I'm just like pissed at. And, you know, here come two Catholic ministers walking in the room. And, you know, I'm 
I was raised Catholic, but I'm, I'm no longer practicing. And I, I welcomed them with open arms when, you know, and I'm like, how interesting, you know, um, but it, it's all how you frame things. It's all how, you know, it wasn't like a couple of Mormons bike up to the door and they're like, hey, talk about our Lord and Savior. Oh, your son died. You know, like these were genuine people with genuine responses. And the nurse was genuine, too. She was so like, I mean, her her affectation and manner were, were like exactly how anyone would be. I just couldn't accept that from her. I needed someone to come and sit in silence with me while I cried and just cried and cried. And, um, and that, that's what, what helped. Right. Um, so if someone asks you if you can just sit there while they cry, it may be weird for you. Get, you know, get some courage, dig down, <laughs> dig real deep, be brave. And, and if that's what you want to do to help, help, you know, be there. Um, so yeah, so that's a really fascinating uh, aspect of it is, you know, what you need when you need it. You know, at least um, you knew in the moment what it was that you needed, right? And, um, you know, that version of quality time, I guess, right? Um, sitting in silence and, you know, being there to witness you experiencing your grief. And you know, sometimes we just don't even have the, the wherewithal to understand in the moment what it is that we need, you know? So, um, it, it is good that you had a couple different, I guess you had menu options offered in different <laughs> ways, right? It was all a cart. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the touch. No, I guess that's not what I, that's not, not what touchy. you need. <laughs> don't want the combo. I want the a la carte. Right. <laughs> milkshake how dare you i want a salad <laughs> <laughs> um you know i, I do want to I, I know we're, we're we're uh running out of time here but i, I do want to mention something that's um ter terribly pivotal in, in my entire process so um with respect to you know stillborn children or losing a child uh, doesn't matter of what age um it it changes the marriage right? It absolutely changes the dynamics of your relationship. Um, and I, I was actually, so story time, uh, I was at the hospital for two hours by myself. Um, and reason being, you know, my wife had just given birth, so she was at home recovering and, uh, you know, the police had come and there's a whole bunch of paperwork to do because, you know, somebody died. So apparently someone has to be responsible and do paperwork. I don't know. Um, but it was, it was very, you know, it was a very confusing sort of thing. She was recovering from, you know, from giving birth. And so I was, you know, the responsible party at the hospital and, uh, there's no cell, no cell phone reception. So, you know, that's a fun story. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I had time to think and I, you know, my brain started, you know, doing the whole, uh, brick breaker. If anyone remembers that got him old with a blackberry pearl playing brick breaker. And you know, your thoughts are the ball just banging around against everything and things are disappearing and going crazy. And, um, you know, I thought to myself, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm going to lose my wife. I'm just, this is, this is going to just absolutely destroy us. There's, you know, and it, because you tend to think the worst cause the worst just happened. Right. Um, and I, I thought to myself, I'm just, I, I don't accept that in the moment. You know, I've, I've heard that this happens. I, you know, I love my wife dearly. I love my life with her and with my family. And the first thing that I said to her when she came in the hospital, she was being wheeled in on a wheelchair, um, because you know, hospital policy, right. Um, and you know, I said, we lost the baby. I'm sorry. I love you. And we're going to get through this together. And, um, you know, I, I knew she already knew, um, because otherwise I would have been home. Uh, you know, I, I would have had something to report. Um, but you know, so, so walking into that and during, during the process, whether you're, you're grieving or, or, you know, uh, adjacent, <laughs> I'll say, um, acceptance is 
crucial. Um, people will do and say a lot of things uh, that may be good, bad, otherwise, you know, emotional, you know, emotions and responses being what they are. But um, in our early days and weeks together, um, we had nothing but acceptance with each other. And if anything came up that was like, a, ooh, oh, that's, oh, like, that's weird. It was just, we just lost our child. It's okay. It, it's okay to be weird. It's okay to say things or, or be angry and upset. And, you know, yeah, if you do take it out on somebody, apologize. And, but, you know, acceptance and understanding are absolutely crucial. Um, and it's not, not just with stillborn, it's with any grief. If someone loses their job that they loved, if someone lost a parent, if someone got in a car accident that was traumatic, whatever, you know, whatever kind of grief someone's going through, it's ex acceptance, understanding, you know, and, you know, how can I help a la carte? <laughs> you, you know, you can get the combo too. There's, there's, there's multiple what options. Combo? I want a salad. <laughs> but, I, but I don't normally eat salad. That's just what I want right now. It's a terrible salad too. I just yeah. want it. <laughs> well, I mean, you, I, I would imagine, I've never been through it, that there's a level of grief that we all can't quite understand for the person who carried this child to term for nine months. Mm -hmm. That is very different than, you know, you experienced. And as you put it, yeah, definitely has to be understanding there too. And she probably can't understand a lot of the levels of grief you're going to experience as a father because she's not a father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, you know, that was kind of, it's, it's terribly poignant that you bring that up. Um, not necessarily along the gender lines, right? And I, I know that's not what you meant. Um, more of the, the experience and point of view, right? Like, so yeah, nerd, togaf viewpoints and, and views. So you've got people that, you know, oh, the CEO thinks this, and this is their viewpoint, you know, um, it's the same. It's the idea that everyone is experiencing life from their own head, you know, from their own persona. So with respect to a pregnant woman losing a child, that's not an identity that I can ever internalize. You know, that's not a reality I can, I can respond to, or even I can, I can pretend, right. But unless I get, you know, really big and then have a child, like that's not, you know, even men being really fat, that's not the same thing at all. Like it's <laughs> nowhere close. So, you know, watch that it, eating your emotions, Mike. That's why I want the salad. <laughs> um, I swear this, we're just going to call this the salad episode. It's not even the grieving episode anymore. It's terrible. Um, so, so anyway, um, but, but I, yeah, like I, I talk to my wife about it quite often and, uh, it, it's just, in any type of grief too, right? Like it's, you know, sons and daughters, uh, wives, brothers, uncles, you know, coworkers, whatever. We all have these different identities sociologically that we play out and that we identify with. And um, with respect to my wife, that, you know, being her identity for nine months was heavily ingrained. And, you know, to not have a baby to hold and nurse caused her great pain. You know, and, 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 and probably still does, to be honest. I don't know for sure, uh, you know, but we, we do talk about this stuff regularly and, and it's less hard, right? But um, in, in the very formative times of this, it was like, oh my gosh, like I can't imagine. For me, it was, I never got to know him, you know, I, I didn't. And they say a lot, you know, with, with respect to modeling, you know, the, the heteronormative male female breeding couple um that you know that mothers know the child before they're born and the fathers uh finally get to meet the child for the first time at birth and um and you know and the relationships are formed at different times that they're uh, i don't know how much stock i put into that uh you know again I, I try to be as active as a partner as i can um sometimes annoyingly so my wife does not like touch like being touched which is hilarious like i mean again sitcom life at that point she'll be like <laughs> like give me a hug and then she's like okay i'm done hugging now um 
but uh, yeah, you can go away now. <laughs> yeah, it's true, true story. Um, but she uh, needs her quality solo time. <laughs> she she uh, actually she has taught me the value of shutting up, if you can believe it. Um, I need silence. Your your act of service of stopping to stop touching me. Yes, yes. Let me do you a favor and leave you alone. You want to read that book? Great. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So, so the 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 difference in identity, the, the you know the expected identity and the loss of that identity. Um, and I I suppose we're lucky that we were already parents at the time. You know that we were we already had a child. Um. And. Uh, you know, a, a living child. I have two children. One is dead. One is not. So I'm lucky that I have the live one. And I, I very much dug into that relationship, um, <clears throat> hopefully for the better. And hopefully, you know, Milo doesn't listen to this podcast when he's older and say, good Lord, why didn't you leave me alone? Um, but, you know, I, I very much like focus my efforts on the things that I had. Right. Uh, and that's even saying that feels good. Right. In, in, in the moment, it's a, you know, happiness is gratitude. Gratitude is acknowledging the things that you have and, and, and the goodness they bring into your life. And it's hard to be happy at that point in time. Um, but it's good to be less sad. And it's good to have an attachment to to the things that do bring you joy. Um, so so that was, you know, that, that was a great thing. But it... Again, it's it's really interesting, right? Like I I took on a lot of responsibility with my son, and my wife, you know, at times would see our son Milo, and he looked a lot like our son Avery, and they both had red hair. Um, you know, they're they're both very similar facial features. They both look fairly similar, kind, you know, genetics being what they are. Um, so it was hard at times for her to to you know parent up, and um, so um, I will say this: another another one of those things that's popping in my head um i didn't want to talk to anybody i i was turtling up i was absolutely you know reclusive hermit in my cave um but i did uh i i did send a message out on twitter um and uh, that exploded that was i never could have imagined uh the response that i would get from that and um anyone who's listening out there um thank you you know, um, even if you didn't help or reach out or anything, um, it, you know, we, we received so many different letters of care. Uh, we received, uh, gifts of food. Um, you know, people offered to babysit people like all sorts of stuff. One of the biggest gifts we received was there was just a line of people that said, I've been there and I'm sorry. And I mean, just, just for the moment, for the sheer moment of someone, even on the internet, not even in person, but just sending a DM and saying, Hey, you know, my spouse and I lost a child as well. And it's terrible. And I'm here for you when you need it. That's and that's another phrase you can use. I I am here for you when you need it, right? Um, and allow someone. There are still people I need to get back to. To be honest, there there are people that months ago, almost a year ago now, um, reached out, and I want to circle back to, and and kind of discuss and share experiences because again, having that connection, sharing human experiences together, um, is really kind of what what forges our experience in life and it really really bonds us together as people so much like we're doing here right we're talking about grief we're talking about experiences and and i'm hoping that this helps one person out there you know um so maybe this is my way of reaching back it's so interesting you know the the perspective that you have now and i'm sure you know over time it'll still change right but you know it's like planet getting hit by an asteroid there's all kinds of collateral damage right and <laughs> and it sounds like you know at a certain point you made a decision like well you know i'm drawing a line here you know like like my my kid my you know my other son milo is still going to have a father right 
my wife is still going to have a husband. Like there's things that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to cry and be sad for a long time, but you know, these, these, you know, these asp other aspects of my life are, are still going to be here. Like, uh, you mentioned like Milo being like, he still needs, still needs to be fed. Yeah. Still needs to be raised, and then still, but at still the a person in the house, <laughs> like, and well. like sometimes I'm sure like that could have felt like oh my goodness, is like yet you know I have to care for somebody else. Why maybe I'm not even able to care for myself. But then at the same time, it's like yet another thing that's grant. You know, you, you're grounded to the real world. You know, mm -hmm. by you know no, I can't just you know wallow. You know, like I have to like there's parts of my life that just still need to go on you know, period It's you know, a, I, I guess life is all about like conflicting information too. And like both things can be true at the same time. It, it really, like it really, really is. Uh, and there's, there's so many things that come to mind uh, from that. Like, you know, we, <laughs> since, since we had, uh, we, we were graced with an abundance of food, which again, you know, like we had water. That's a thing that we have in the house. Great. Um, you don't feel like cooking food. You don't feel like, I, I, you know, there are things that I, I would be more embarrassed to tell you, uh, you know, but like, you don't feel like showering. You don't, you just, you just do not like, uh, that's just classic depression. Yeah. Like, like that, you know, I think <laughs> that's, uh, you know, you know, welcome to the team. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patton Oswalt, the, the stand-up comedian, has a whole bit about, like, I think going off as, like, antidepressants and, like, treating his, like, de depression like this, like, dog who's like, I think you're going to take me out for a walk. Oh, he hasn't showered in a day. Oh, is this it? Are we going out? I don't want to get too excited. It's it's a great bit. It's a great bit. It, but I, you know, totally empathize, you know. Like, I, I haven't lost a child, but I've been there, like... Yeah, you know, it's like uh, you know this like self care stuff like that just falls by the wayside. You know, mm -hmm. like just fundamental you know things that might feel fundamental. You know, yeah, and it, it really, you know, I I would love to tell you that, like, oh yeah, like I still worked out three to five times a week and ate good food and i just really like i took the time to take care of myself like no no you don't know how to take care of yourself you just suffered just a great loss in your life and you know i <laughs> I, I tell you what like i'm i'm not a heavy drinker uh I, I'm, I don't you know use drugs or anything but like i i will eat some sweets like i will have a snack you know, I'll, I'll have a sweet treat. And my aunt sent me an entire cake. That woman sent me a cake. <laughs> I wanted to eat that thing so bad. Like I was just absolutely like an, an addict next to my deep freezer. Cause you know, God knows that cake has to survive winter. <laughs> it's like the cake has fruit on it. It's buttercream icing. I already know I've had a slice and you know, but it's it's not good for you like there are so many things that you just have like you're you're fighting everyday battles and i kid you not like milo probably thought he had the best parents in the world because he would just be like i want grilled cheese and we're like yep grilled cheese got it that's yep i want a slice i want a slice of cake yeah cake done good. yeah <laughs> oh hey some time yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> There's somebody with the will to make decisions. That's great. <laughs> right. We have, we, have, we have things that are actionable. Fantastic. Like this child, I I love him dearly. Oh my gosh. He actually would say, all right, I'm ready for bed. And I'm like, yes. Oh, because we don't even know when bedtime is. Right. You want to uh, take the chocolate syrup bottle with you to bed? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's hilarious. Cause like we normally have like a, you know, like a seven, seven, eight o'clock bedtime, depending on the day kind of thing. But um, you know, if, if we didn't hit that schedule, he would just like, he wouldn't melt down. He wouldn't go crazy. The kid would just be like, you need to put me to bed. I'm like, did I do a good job so far? Cause this is awesome. <laughs> wow. That's, that's like one, one thing in my life going well. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, no, I, so, so something, uh, something came to mind, um, with respect to accepting help. Um, so I, uh, I, I do want to tell you guys a little bit about, you know, my, my current position. I'm, I'm back in the partner space. 
Um, I'm a cloud solutions architect at Elevate, um, and we're out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, and uh, you know, it's it small company, but super expert people. And the the owner of the company, um, Josh Friesman, uh, is a friend of of a mutual friend. Um, so Nick, I don't know if you remember um, Jen Slaybaugh. Shout out. Um, yeah. Start. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, she's, she's a CTO ambassador as well. Yeah. This go around. So. Yeah, she's she's a phenomenal person. Um, you know, great friend, and uh, has a dog named Meatloaf, which I just I can't adore more. It's awesome. Um, but Jen uh, had approached me a while ago and was like, "Hey, you know." Uh, this guy, Josh, he's starting up a company. Um, you know, you're, you're really good in this space. What do you think? And I was like, well, cool. Like, you know, have him, have him call me or I'll work some side gigs. That's no problem. Um, Josh actually approached me. Uh, I, I guess right after I quit my job with Nutanix, um, maybe a month after or so, I'm not sure, but, um, you know, and he, he'd asked me, could I, you know, could I work a project for him? I said, okay, well, I'll scope the project. I'll do this. <clears throat> and, um, tell you another thing There's really, really weird, uh, thing that happened. Um, those, those of you that have lost children, um, if there is an autopsy, you want to make sure that the autopsy is full and complete. And I will leave it at that. Um, because I had to rebury my son, um, because his body was not whole when we initially buried him. And I was very upset about that, to say the least. And I don't, I'll spare you the gory details, but burying a child sucks. Burying a child twice is traumatizing. And um, I was not ready to visit his gravesite. I was not ready to do things. So I had, you know, gone into an agreement with Josh and you know, I scoped this project and I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm going to work it in November, December timeframe, you know, have some cash on the table and like, we'll be good. Right. We're doing Cobra for, uh, life or health insurance stuff and blah, blah, blah. Right. Cobra's expensive as all. Hell. If you have any other options, do it. But you know, it was what it was. So, um, I rebury my son and I break down. I'm just, I'm right there again. It's, it's ripping the stitches on a fresh wound. Right. And, um, this guy <laughs> is just, is phenomenal. He's a phenomenal person. Um, doesn't know me from Adam walking in the door. Right. And I, I'm, I'm just a person that is, you know, a good resource for a really good project. That's fairly complex. I'm like, okay, cool. But every day, you know, every day, at least, at least once a day would kind of, Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? Um, as a person who's grieving, I will tell you what the, the phrase, how you doing or how are you feeling? You know, the, the response is always awful, you know, like un, unchanging and, <laughs> um, but and you come up with creative responses of that. So like, you know, Nick, to your previous question of, you know, you ever, you ever get tired of someone walking around in eggshells and you're like, you get kind of used to it. Um, <laughs> but, but it's okay because you become, become more honest, right? You eventually learn that it's, it's more in your benefit to just be real with somebody. And then either a, they stop asking, which is like, okay, fine. Maybe I want that. Maybe I don't. Uh, but B, they could become more real with you. And, um, and Josh, like, met me there and I have never in, encountered a stranger who was brave enough to really go the distance on that and um, to the point where um, you know he told me one day he's like you know I was praying for you and uh, I, I was really trying to, to you know thank the Lord for you, for, you know, you being around and, and that, you know, that you're being taken care of. And, uh, then the song came on, uh, that I was listening to and I just started crying and it really was impactful to me. And I, I want to share this song with you. And, um, and I'm a musician born and raised, right? I, I grew up singing Motown with my mom, washing dishes when I was like 
four or five, you know, um, sang in choir as a kid, played in bands on stage, all, the whole nine, right? My house is littered with instruments. So for it's, someone to send, what's that? Uh, and there is a guitar in the picture <laughs> of, of Mike's video right now. <laughs> it's, it's my stress relief. I unfortunately have a broken string. It relieved stress. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, so for someone, you know, so for me, musician, right? IT is my third love. Music was my first. Language is my second. But um, for for someone who's a musician, for someone to send me a song that they said this this reminded me of you, and uh, and, and where you are in your path. And the song was all about uh, not losing hope when all else is lost, you know. Um, and it was it was it was very. Uh, it was soulful. It was mournful. You know, it wasn't one of those like, you know, like it wasn't a happy poppy tune. It was absolutely like a beautiful female vocalist that was just espousing this like, you know, sorrow. And, and the, you know, the, the refrain was just this, when all else is lost, you still have hope, you know, and, and dig into that. And, and regardless of what that is, you know, um, and, yeah, like hope hope is intangible, right? Hope hope can be whatever it means to you. It could be I I hope I feel better someday. It could be I gosh, I you know, spent a lot of days saying I hope I get another job. Um thanks Josh. Uh <laughs> But you know, it, it it is imperative that you find inside yourself the idea that things can eventually feel a little bit better and it may feel like a lie some days it may feel like the biggest lie you ever told yourself um, but it does get better um, and and you do learn to you know you, you learn to get up you learn to take a shower you know, you remember that taking the dog out is something that you enjoy and these minute metaphorical or even literal sunrises that you experience it, it's a huge reminder of of kind of a rebirth of your own not to be darkly ironic but it really is a you know, you're coming out of the forest and you can really appreciate the fact that you were in the forest and protected and sheltered and you had so many hands guiding you out on the path not that there was one but now there is and you know that I, i'm just i'm i'm getting shivers thinking about this it's just like again I'm, I'm so terribly grateful for everyone who's who's been there for me and um for an employer right for from from Josh's perspective for somebody who's, you know, got a good thing going on and to reach out and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to be real with you and I may not know what you're going through, but I'm, I'm a helping hand like anybody else. And the way that I can help is I can give you work. You know, I can, I can use you as a resource. And he even told me, Hey, you, you tell me what's good and what's not. You need to walk away for a week, you tell me. You need the day off, you tell me. You know, you communicate. And in the meantime, if it's a good day, you got stuff on your plate. Make it happen. And if it's a bad day, that plate disappears. And, uh... Wow, that's really powerful. <laughs> I, I, man, it is. I've never had an experience like it in my life. Never. Talk about a blessing. That's fantastic. It, it really is, um, you know, and, and, you know, God bless that man. And, and it's, he's got a good thing going on. We've got a good thing going on with the business, you know, and I've, I've been having a great time there, but that's like totally secondary to the lifeline that I got tossed and, and to have that. And it really was one of those like really funny things. Cause I kept on, I kept on saying like, I'm probably not good for this. I'm not like, you know, I mean, no, you, I am not your guy. Like you do not want me in the state that I'm in. And, uh, he just kept on coming back to like, Hey man, you know, patience, you know, patience and grace. And 
that's all you know just get through just just work sounds like he's a guy who understands how how grief works right yeah like i remember i i don't remember exactly where i heard this but it was the analogy was like for a long long time you're living in this like grayscale life right yeah and then it's not like um it's not like the wizard of oz where you open a door and all of a sudden everything's back in like you know color it's like the color just like slowly seeps back into your life and um you know sometimes so slowly that you don't notice it and sometimes it goes back to black and white right grayscale but um yeah it's you know we put our lives back together you know if we are blessed enough to do so you know with like leaning on a whole bunch of people and i'm just really glad that you've had uh, some of those people come into your life thank you and I, I am as well. I'm terribly grateful that that, you know, it, I, I wish only the same or better for anyone else out there. You know, it's, it's almost serendipitous. It, it is, you know, it is blessed it is, it is grace, you know? Um, and I, there've been many times, um, you know the the phrase "I don't deserve this," right? It's a really interesting thing to say, um, but it came came up on both sides of the scale, right? It it came up, um, you know, I lost my son. I don't deserve this. What did I do to deserve? I it's not my fault. Um, and it's not, right? And that's fair to say. Um, but receiving all of the goodness as well, and I I don't deserve this. Oh my gosh, like I, this this is overwhelming. Um, and and that's true as well you know it um but you know a great man once said deserves got nothing to do with it um so (laughs) and that's also true you know um you know like i said before having the the courage and braveness to uh or bravery i suppose braveness i'm not sure if that's a word um but having the courage and uh bravery to to really dig in and be real and authentic um also have the humility to accept um, goodness in your life and uh, whatever form that may take you know um, know your boundaries right be be able to tell people where enough is enough and it is your grief is about you 100 percent but if you're overwhelmed by you know emotion and if you're overwhelmed by experience it's okay too you know, and that, and for me, it happened, like I said, both sides, it, it was so dark and so depressed and, and just overwhelmingly terrible. And then being, you know, given that, that lifeline and, and quite literally being told, just keep going, you know? Um, and I, I think that's a mantra, right? Like, keep going. You know, uh, I actually, I started writing, um, through all this process. Um, I realized there's not a lot of materials out there for fathers of stillborn children. And, um, I don't know if I'll get anywhere with it. All right. It's, it's been very therapeutic for myself, but I've got a lot of really good anecdotes. Uh, and one of them is, you know, crying while doing is the new norm. Right. Um, and, and another one is just that, you know, accept the goodness that comes to you in whatever form and be grateful for it, you know, um, and, uh, get through, just keep going. And does this ability to do a little more work produce like a semi sense of normalcy or at least give your mind something else to focus on like it's not that you're not still processing the grief because that probably won't ever stop but was it a little bit of a refreshing feeling to be able to put your mind and focus on something that you did before this happened or something similar i will tell you that i enjoyed going on sales calls oh man uh, that was a thing for me that, you know, had, had you put me, cause I, I had left for Nutanix from a sales position. 
Um, and I, I had not had another sales job after that, which, you know, win, lose, or draw, take that <laughs> for what it is. Um, I started going on sales calls uh, with Elevate, and and, and still I'm, I'm having so much fun um, because, you know, the, the idea is, and, and this is the mantra, this, you know, like, do good work. And, you know, I, I was told that, you know, you, you sell the things that work for customers and solve business problems. And if what solves a business problem is, you know, a five second conversation with a customer and instead of selling them a thing they told you they want, well, then have the five second conversation, you know, and and I've really been enabled to, you know, be that advocate and be the expert in a way that most of the time the business world doesn't allow you to operate, right? Um, you know, capitalist society says you should sell things. And if someone wants to buy a thing, then you sell it to them and you sell it twice. And you make sure you get 15 to 30% year over year growth and ensuring capacity for VDI, VSI and containers and any other AI ML workloads that they may have, including blockchain and or, <laughs> you know, it's all like, part of the digital transformation process. Yes. <laughs> and, and it has digitally transformed my wallet. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, 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 I really am very derisive of the sales process. I apologize. And, and, and it's not that really it's, it's not right. Um, but we all know that solving difficult problems sometimes is a culture change or an org chart realignment or a, a process evaluation. And sometimes that's not selling product at all. It's not selling an outcome that you can actually tangibly offer. Um, but that's, that's my boss's orders. You know, and I was like, all right. And I've done it every time I've had a conversation with a customer is, you know, does this solve your problem? Yes. Okay, great. We'll do it. Um, and yeah, so like I've having something to do. Has it, has it, you know, given me a, a valid distraction from my grief, which distractions are welcome, right? Yes. Uh, has it reconnected me with my identity as a worker? And as a provider, absolutely. Um, has it also been a very gentle on-ramp, um, which I think everyone deserves, uh, because I was able to go from zero to 100, um, or zero to 40, 50 hours a week, which is nice, um, at, at my own pace. And I, it was me telling Josh, hey, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to go full-time. And he was like, pull the ripcord, man, you know, like, let me know. And, and still whatever you need, you know, he was a little bit, it was funny. Cause he was a little bit nervous about it. He's like, okay. I mean, are you sure? Like we, we weren't planning on this until like sometime like mid year or something in this, our previous conversations. And, um, but it was funny because my grief counselor also said the same thing. She's like, you might want to go back to work full time. Like you're sounding like you're like, you're ready. Like you'd, like you'd want to have some good work on your plate and that it's going to be a good time. And, you know, you feel like you just want to get after some, some problem solving. I was like, I do. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was great. It really was. So, and I will, I will also say this too. It, having that type of understanding from an employer is rare. Um, if not completely unobserved in the wild, <laughs> Um, so if you can have that, find that, take, take advantage of it. Um, if not, then lean very heavily on communication and, um, you know, it is one of the most difficult things to navigate that space emotionally, adding the complexity of, you know, the, the working routine back in too early can be detrimental to your progress. Um, because I, you can be, you I was can be assuming that yeah. it was going to be like part of like, you have to heal to a certain point. Like it's not, it's not the first step that you can take. Right. Is, is like, Oh, I'll just distract myself with work. Yeah. Right. Cause <laughs> like, that's how the story started. Right. And it wasn't working. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No, it, it was not working. <laughs> Um, 
but yeah, it's, you know, and it's curious because I, I wondered to myself, like, you know, if I were a yoga instructor full time, right. Um, if I were like, if, if part of my daily practice was like meditative, rejuvenating, whatever, um, as income, you know, would I want to, would I have wanted to work more? Right. What does that path look like? Um, which again, I don't like, I don't know the answer to that. I, and I think there needs to be a, a period of healing. However you recognize and realize that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I would, I would be fascinated if, to find other people and their responses. Most, most typically what I hear from others is, uh, there has to be a, a break from who you were entirely, um, from certain aspects, whatever that is. Um, you know, I, I believe before the recording we were talking about, uh, you know, shifting places around in an office, right. Or, or changing perspective, changing, uh, you know, your experience or routine. For me, it was, I, I had to leave a, a job entirely, which was problematic for me. I, I don't, you know, I like to leave work well done, and things completed and finished. And I was midway through a project, but I got a sprint done. Um, but that was, you know, when I had to call it quits. And, um, but then you have to reintegrate and uh, in, in find where your experience fits again, you know. Um, and it, it's never exactly the same thing. Um, my grief counselor likes to say, um, you, you find something to live for and, you know, you, you pursue that and it's, you know, the, the experience of it, as soon as you say like, well, I'm really living for this, like I'm living for, and, and for me it's, yes, you know, my, my son Avery is, you know, he has passed and I do live to honor his memory. Um, but I also I, I'm so grateful for what it opened my eyes up to. Um, you know, I, I will always love him and I will always, um, you know, wish that I had my son, right? I can't be grateful that he died, at least not right now. Um, I don't know that I ever will be, but uh, I can at least be very grateful to realize that so many people in so many different ways have, you know, given and and open my eyes to giving back you know so um it, it really is amazing um, it really is you know it's 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 tragic it's heartbreaking um and it's beautiful all in the same well thanks for for modeling this for us and talking through the process you know especially coming out the other end and the reintegration but you know i don't want to minimize like the the painful part of that, you know, you know, coming out the other side is always, you know, better. Right. And, um, and it's not a given. <laughs> so, uh, I'm really glad to hear, you know, that you're doing better now. I mean, you know, you, I, I know that, you know, things are bad and I just want to say thank you, Mike, because I was hesitant to even ask you to come on the show because I was actually afraid by asking you to share this story that I might have been, you know, been asking too much of someone. So I uh, appreciate you letting me reach out and say, hey, I think you have a story that would be really helpful to others about how you've dealt with it. And I think we can all learn something from it. I know I certainly have. And sure john could say the same so we we really appreciate that yeah and it's it's never going to be a complete story right we're just getting the snapshot of where you are right now and you know we appreciate that as well yeah i and i can't thank you guys enough for allowing me to share it you know when you know nick when you reached out and said we're going to do an episode of grief you know what, what do you think i was like uh i think we need to do that um, I, I think that it's something that needs to be discussed, that needs to be in the open. And, um, you know, I, it doesn't matter to me who, is, who, who is subject to this, you know, it, it's valuable to, to share experiences. It's, 
um, especially with something that's so so little talked about. So thank you guys so much for for allowing me to come back. And uh, it was a lot. I did take a lot of your time, and uh, it, it's worth every minute of it to me. Uh, and I hope it's worth every minute to you and to, to the listeners. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, and for those guests out there, if you tell me we should do that, be prepared for me to follow up until you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, Mike, thanks again so much for uh, giving uh, your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll have you on again for even other, you know, even more, um, hopefully less painful, but um, um, still other interesting things that are going on with your life and with your career. I think it really depends on the stats at episode 200, John. Yeah, we'll, we'll check that out. We'll, you telling we'll... me I need to buy more devices? <laughs> <laughs> Because I'll do it. It sounds like. (laughs) Like get 400 iPod Nanos for no reason other than to download podcasts. Oh, my goodness. That has to be a real thing. (laughs) Got to Google that now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take it easy, Mike. You too. Thank you guys so much. Take care. to say john it takes a lot of courage to come on any podcast or something that's going to go out to the public and talk about an experience like this so kudos to mike and many thanks mike for letting us solicit you into doing this absolutely but it it definitely takes courage and it's still something that he's dealing with i mean he's going to be dealing with this grief for a long time we got to hear a lot about his progress and It was really eye-opening, I have to say. Everything that happened from from the time it happened to how it affected his job at Nutanix to how it eventually led to a new job. Fascinating. Yeah, I think it's something that we said before, probably not something that you can prepare yourself for, you know, because how could you? Um, But just thinking about, you know, what grief can look like I think can do a little bit to help prepare you. You know, what if I do react this way uh, to something happening in the future? Am I working at a company that will support me? Do I have people around me who can support me? Um, You know, just, I think we talked a little bit about it. You know, uh, Mike was working for a company that allowed him to take 30 days off, but that was about the limit. You know, he had to take uh, unpaid time off after that. And then he came back too early and, you know, had like a really negative um, negative impact on his uh, job performance, just his ability to, you know, support his family emotionally. And, uh, and you know, it ended up with him like having to leave that, that organization. So, um, you know, maybe there's a lesson there, but, you know, it's also just that interesting experience of grief that, I don't think I'd ever thought about before and I'm not sure exactly why, you know, but it was, you know, just really eye opening. And again, Mike, thanks so much for, for sharing your experience. Um, and, you know, allowing us to kind of look into what that process might look like, you know, what your personal experience was, um, and, uh, to get some perspective, you know, out, you know, as you're coming out from the other side, really appreciate that. One last thing I want to mention here, John, is Mike sent out a tweet when this first happened to him, just letting the community know sort of a status update, if you will. And he mentioned that the amount of support that he got from that one tweet was completely overwhelming. He had total strangers reach out and say that they had been through something that was exactly the same or very similar and it stinks and that they were here for him. And I think that level of community support is really important. You, you want to be able to talk to someone who can identify with you. And it, it kind of makes you want to give back and support others in the same way that, they, that someone else supported you. Absolutely. And if you can't support you know, somebody 
who's in that specific situation, you know, obviously because maybe you haven't gone through, you know, something exactly like that. And maybe they're looking for somebody who's gone through exactly, you know, their situation. Well, maybe you can save up that feeling of support for somebody, you know, um, who has gone through, is going through something that you do have direct experience with, you know, give your support the way that you can, but not expect that person, you know, have the ego to require that that person gets their support from you. That, because then it's about you and not about them. And hopefully if you're out there listening to this, you realize the importance of getting support from someone somewhere outside yourself, outside your family, whoever that is or whatever group that is, it's important. Yeah, definitely. Like isolation is so dangerous, isn't it? I mean, you can like maybe see that you need some alone time, obviously, but then, you know, I think all of us are stronger with support and it's, you know, I don't know, we're programmed as maybe men, for example, to believe like, oh, you know, you need to be that strong, you know, supportive figure and, you know, needing support as weakness. And I just, I don't think that's true. You know, we need to break away from that image of masculinity. All right. Uh, anything else before we get out of here, Nick? No, sir. I'm not so masculine that I don't know when it's time to wrap up. So just a reminder, we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know for being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. All right. Farewell, listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at V Journeyman for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore signing off. Adios. Thank you.